This is the Post America Podcast. That's right, motherfucker. What the fuck you know about podcasting? This is our shit. Post America. Macho Black, Richie Crutch, Chrissy the Baboon. Post America Podcast, son. Download that shit, motherfucker. What's up, everybody? This is Richie, Post-America Podcast. We're back. Uh, hope you enjoyed that last episode with our, our homie from Terror. He's a good guy. That was a, that was a good one. I like that. Today, we're bringing you uh, a pretty cool one. This is a, a friend of ours. His name is Raymond Rowe, and uh, he does a lot of interesting things. And uh, a lot of you will already know him because I know a lot of my friends are really into into his work wwe and all that stuff so raymond how you doing i'm doing great man thanks for having me on yeah no doubt and uh you know you're like uh you're like a old school hardcore kid from back in the day too so i don't know if everybody out there who's just familiar with your wrestling stuff even knows that but i i always love that stuff you know when i come across a dude that was familiar <laughs> in the scene and all that <laughs> yeah probably probably not many many people don't know like or they're surprised like when they just see me in the ring or like kind of just kind of get introduced to me but like man i've been straight edge since i was 14 years old and like listening like grew up listening to, like punk rock music and hardcore like I, you know i'm i'm born and raised a kid in cleveland and like was going to shows like uh, you know uh, I worked, I worked at Peabody's too. Um, so anybody who like kind of toured through Cleveland pretty much has either played at Peabody's or gone to shows at Peabody's. And like, I was there for like four years. So like I, you know, before just between going to shows and then working at shows, like, man, I, I, we saw just about everybody, uh, who came through like this, you know, anybody in that, in that great lakes, uh, touring scene just stopped through Cleveland and like, uh, you know, grew up on ringworm like you can't get much better than that yeah yeah peabody's was like a, a key spot you know like cleveland had quite a few good uh spots over the years but peabody's was consistent for a lot of years you know it really it really was it's real sad that it uh that it shut down you know the guys who owned who like who owned peabody's uh when i was working there like they sold it to to a different group and then like uh cleveland state university like bought the the area like the the building that that old peabody's was in and then like those guys moved to the agora um but like the kind of the the people who moved or like were booking bands and doing stuff like that in peabody's like kind of spread out to different clubs so there's like a little bit of a little bit of that like scene and network that's kind of just spread out into into a bunch of different venues throughout cleveland now yeah yeah well what would you do there you're bouncing right yeah, I was, uh, I was security, head of security for a little while. Um, you know, and I, I did a little bit of everything, man. We loaded in bands, we swept the floors, we, you know, mostly, mostly were bouncing in security, you know, work the door sometime, a lot of times work the pit and like being a hardcore kid, I think helped me, helped that club have the right energy because like, I made sure that the people who were there, like if, you know, when I was, you know, I did some of the hiring there and I would like always like prep the kids like, yo, like hardcore shows are different. Like, you know, you gotta, you've got to police them different. Like these are, these kids are just dancing or they're just, you know what I mean? Like, uh, we, we always tried to kind of separate the problem people like, Hey, if they're fighting, like just, just throw them out. Like they can come back tomorrow. Like there'll be another show, but like not, 
you know, don't do that in the, don't disrespect the club. Like, cause we don't want to get the club shut down, but uh, you know, let, if they're just being rough and they're just having fun and they're, you know, in, in the pit or doing, you know, doing whatever, like let them be. And, and we had a lot less problems than a lot of clubs that would try to like not allow people to dance or not allow people to stage dive or, you know what I mean? Whatever. Like there just seems like a lot of people who like didn't understand the music and didn't understand like the, the scene and the mentality that like would try to like crack down on kids. And that's when bouncers would get beat up by, uh, you know, kids in the, in the crowd who were, who were sick of getting bullied. Like that's, yeah. that's kind of what hardcore music and the hardcore scene was all about. Like, you know, these kids who didn't fit in anywhere else, like that's what, what drew me to it. Like I, you know, I didn't fit anywhere else, but I, I had like a family, I had a brotherhood in hardcore music and I, I was able to like find people who had the same values as me and who kind of looked at the world the same way. And like, and then I found that in that music scene. So we could go to a, you know, a show and I didn't know the kid next to me, but we knew the same words to the, you know, the songs and it like spoke to you. So you're arm in arm yelling lyrics. And then two minutes later, you're, you know, throwing back fists in the pit. And like, so I, I think working like, you know what I mean? Like coming yeah, from that, that scene, like, and then working there as security, like I, I was able for a lot of those shows to kind of help police it in a way that was healthy for like, nah, man, let those kids be crazy. Like it's fine. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, that is and, key. and then, uh, huh? That is key for like, if there's a club that's going to last and book these kind of bands, then they have to have some sort of connection to the scene. And, and when oh, they yeah. do things go great, you know, even clubs around here, if we would book uh, stuff, we kind of, we knew what's up. We would say, leave, leave this bouncer at home, leave this bouncer at home, bring this guy in. He knows what's up. Bring this guy in. He knows what's up. Yeah. And like, I was kind of, yeah, you get the wrong <laughs> guy and all hell breaks loose. Yeah. And, and, and then it's bad. Cause like, uh, you know, and, and like, I, I always kind of laughed cause like I would tell guys like before hardcore shows, like, yo, this isn't the night to like prove you're a tough guy. Like, and like, we, we did a really good job, like policing our bouncers, um, and like all this guys on security, like, look, man, like if there's a problem, just get the people outside and come back inside. Like we weren't the club that was throwing punches or trying to beat kids up. Cause like our bouncers would police that from the other bouncers, you know? Cause like I hired other hardcore kids. I hired other, you know, kids from the punk rock scene or from the metal scene or whatever. So like we had so many friends that were coming to the shows constantly cause all the kids were from the scene. So like if, if we hired some like tough guy and he wanted to like be punching on kids, like we usually kicked his ass, you know what I mean? Like it was, it was, it was a really good, like it was a, it was a really cool thing. I made a lot of friends. I met a lot of people, you know what I mean? I saw y'all come through uh, a bunch of times, but I mean, like there were so many bands like that would come through and like, uh, you know, like big, like old, old school bands, you know what I mean? Like Murphy's yeah. Law came through and like, those dudes are awesome and like OGs and like. I, I don't know. It's just like so many, like, cause we had like, I would work six, seven days a week at, for four years. Like, wow. so there's hundreds and hundreds of shows that I saw. The only times I would take days off from Peabody's is if I had a wrestling show and like, that was it. Like, and at, at the time, like I was wrestling as an independent wrestler. So like I was essentially on the same grind that like local bands were like, I was, I was getting myself to shows. I was selling t-shirts. I was, you know, like that was, that was the grind. And like, so for me, it, you know, 
working in an industry, it was like I, I was, you know, I was either around bands that were doing the hustle or I was at wrestling shows and I was doing the hustle. So like, you understand, you know what I mean? Like it, it just kind of like, that was my life for a long, long time. Yeah. That's, that's really cool, man. And how was it like, cause you know, you're saying you're working seven days a week. So there's probably some shows coming through you could care less about. It's just a job. But then when a show comes that you're excited for, how is it? Do you get to enjoy it even though you're working? So, um, it depends. Like there were a ton of, you know, Peabody's did everything, you know what I mean? From like, uh, like ICP juggalo shows to, you know, Hank Williams three to David Allen co to, you know, uh, we had Madball come and play and you know what I mean? Like all kinds of like everything we had, you know, bone thugs and harmony. So like some of those shows I didn't care about some of them I did. Um, and like I had, an, an understanding with some of the guys like there were times there were shows where like if we if we had enough people like i would go in the back i'd clock out take my security shirt off put on a regular shirt and go out in the pit <laughs> nice. and and i would you know i would throw down or whatever and then uh and then like my favorite band would be off stage or something you know what i mean my, my buddy's band would be off stage or something and i'd go back in i'd clean up and you know i'd, I'd do that or like sometimes like I would just stay, you know, on the side of the stage or like we worked, um, we worked the barricade and like, we're catching, um, catching crowd surfers for Guar. And like, that was one of the, one of the most fun nights I ever had because Guar is like, <laughs> was insane. And like the whole night was, um, uh, just like crowd surfers, you know what I mean? Left and right. And like, I was working next to, to a really good buddy of mine. He was on, he was on the barricade right next to me and odorous had that, uh, like, uh, had that like giant, um, I don't remember what he called it, but it was like the, like the fish dildo or whatever he had. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, he's spraying blood on the crowd and he just keeps like, uh, like knocking it into my buddy's head just and then like he's just doing it to make himself laugh yeah and like you know this this like super tough like six foot 250 pound bouncer covered in tattoos all the way up to his ears keep like looking over his shoulder like man what what are you doing <laughs> and then and then he would like turn back to the crowd and then odors would do it again you know what i mean and yeah, like totally i could see it but he time. couldn't That's funny. <laughs> and, and he did it for like two hours because they just played and they tore the house down like so it was cool like to there were definitely shows that like you had to work, but like you could kind of find time to like, you know, people weren't killing each other or throwing, you know, bar stools at each other. So like you can enjoy the music and enjoy the scene and then go back into, you know what I mean? So it was, it yeah. was cool being a fan there. Um, and then like getting to, to meet people and, and talk to people like before the shows, after the shows, you know what I mean? Like when people are coming down from coming down from playing or whatever and helping them load out or, you know, load up t-shirts or whatever. Like it was a, I don't know. It was a, it was a cool time in my life. So I was, I was really appreciative of it. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And P and yeah, you mentioned uh Madball player. I think we actually played there once with Madball, and uh, I, I bet you did. And like, yeah. I saw you guys at least probably half a dozen to eight or 10 times play at Peabody's. Yeah, uh, we tried to hit there a lot. We really liked Peabody's. 
Yeah, yeah, it was, and that's that's actually where I thought where I saw you guys first was at Peabody's. Like, and I didn't I didn't know who you were the first time I saw you, and I was like, yo, I need to get a CD. I need to figure, you know what I mean? Like, I started uh, talking to a couple of my friends. I was like, yo, have you ever heard Wisdom and Chains? And they were like, yeah. How have you not? I'm like, I'm living in a bubble, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's this so was back cool. like probably 2004, maybe 2005, oh, yeah. something like very, that. Very yeah, early, you know man. what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, I remember like uh, the whole Cleveland scene in general was was real strong, but then it seemed like trouble hit it, and it, like it became like real violent, constant fights and stuff. Like later, much much after like '04 and that, I'm not even sure exactly when. Yeah, did, did that stuff? I mean, do you know? It, did that stuff kind of die it out out there? Because I know the show offers kind of slowed up. The shows in general, just from the outside looking in, seemed to kind of dry up a little bit out there. Uh, as far as I know, um, that stuff's all died, all, all died down. It, it's, you know, if you look at the history of hardcore music and the hardcore scene, like the, that, that kind of violent uptick, I think happens in just about every scene, uh, at, at different times. Um, and like, especially if you're talking about like Midwest cities, like there, there's a lot of, a lot of guys that are blue collar guys that, you know what I mean? Are really angry and they're looking for an outlet. This shit happens. Um, uh, as far as I know, all that stuff has kind of died down in Cleveland, but like, I'm so busy constantly that like, and like, especially with 2020 just being completely awash, like, I don't know really what happened. Uh, and then like, what what's happening in in cleveland music in any way shape or form like i've, mm -hmm. I've been so disconnected with it with because like i travel with wrestling normally like friday through tuesday i'm i'm on the road every Absolutely. every single week every single week 50 yeah 52 weeks a year um you know but like and and for i just moved back to cleveland like about two years ago so um Cause for in like 2010, I left, um, and moved to Texas and I lived in Texas for six years. Then, um, then my, my wife, who was my, my girlfriend at the time, she got signed to WWE and she moved down to Orlando. So I moved with her and I was still wrestling in Japan at the time. So I was able to just, it didn't matter as long as I could get to an airport, you know? Yeah. So I lived with her down in florida for a year and then uh myself and my tag team partner we actually got we were we were touring as war machine at the time um we were in japan and all over europe and mexico and stuff and then we got signed by wwe um and and then we were based in orlando and then uh when we we went to wwe our name changed to um the war raiders so we were the war raiders for you know, uh, about a year and a half while we were in NXT. And then we got called up to Monday night raw. Um, and then they changed the name to Viking Raiders, which is the, the that's better, the which is what name. I, huh? That's, that's the, the, current, the current name. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and actually that's the name I wanted when, um, when they changed it to, to war Raiders from war machine. Cause like uh, we wanted to change the war machine name for a while. Um, like, I don't know if you remember or if you, if you know, but like, there's a, a, a an adult film star named Christy Mack, and yeah. uh, and her boyfriend, and named her War, boyfriend right? legally legally changed his name to War Machine, and he like attacked her, um, tried to kill her, um, and so if you search War Machine on like Google or you know any any search engine, that story comes up. So like 
if we, we've got like little kid fans, you know what I mean? And like, we really try to be like a positive influence and try to, you know, work and do charity work and stuff like that. And like, we can't be associated with that, but like, so we wanted to change our name and like, we wanted to be the Viking Raiders. We thought that was a cool name. Like that was kind of like partially their idea, partially our idea. Um, and, and it didn't, didn't happen in, in NXT, but when we went to, to raw, it did. Um, so we're, we, we really like the new name, but like, that's, once I was on, on Monday Night Raw, I was no longer tied to Florida. So we moved to back up home to Cleveland in like less than a month. Like we got called up like on uh, tax day, like April 15th. And like by the end of May, we were, we were, we were in a, in a new house in Cleveland. Like I, we got home as quick as we could. Wow. That's awesome. And you're talking like you, you got signed and it almost sounds like, uh, like the record industry a little bit or something like that. The way Dude, it, it I think I think live entertainment is so similar. It's just uh-huh. the medium is different. You know what I mean? Like you go out and you play shows um and and you tour like, you know, the the main difference I think between like uh, a wrestling tour and a and a band tour is y'all might go out for like 6 or 8 weeks or, you know, 8 to 12 weeks or whatever and then you'll come home for a couple months whereas yeah. like wrestling is we'll go out for 4 to 6 days and then come home for a couple of days and then go out for four days and then come home for a couple of days. Like when I was an independent wrestler, we'd go out for, you know, uh, some, some weekends we'd go out for three days and then come home. Some, sometimes we would go out for two weeks and then come home. When I, when I was in Japan, we'd go to Japan for like somewhere between three and six weeks at a time. And we'd wow. stay in Japan the whole time. We'd come home. And then like a lot of times I'd come home, I'd be home for like a day, two days. And then I go back, right back on the road somewhere else. We'd go to Mexico for two days and then come home. Like it, it was just like this constant kind of grind. And like it, it's, but we're doing, we're doing live show, live shows in front of an audience. Like the difference is we're telling a story in the ring. Y'all are telling us, you know, y'all are putting on a, a performance on stage. Like, but it's that connection with the crowd that, makes it you know what i mean it's just a yeah. different it's just a different medium like and the physicality uh, i mean because like the in high school i played football and right it was once a week and it took me that whole week to recover for the next game <laughs> at a high school age right like, right so doing like the next day aren't you just like completely washed like don't you feel uh, it um yes and no <laughs> like uh you know i'm I'm, uh, I'm 36 now. So like I've been doing it since I've been wrestling since I was 2003 and like we signed with WWE in 20, uh, 2017. Um, so like we grinded for a long time. Um, but like your body gets used to whatever you do. You know what I mean? Like if you, if you, you're definitely sore, but like you stay trained. Like I, you know, I, I'm in the gym six days a week. Um, you know, my, uh, sometimes I'll, you know, I, I, I wish I had more time to do it, but, uh, you know, there's, there's sometimes those days in the gym or grappling or rolling with, with friends or whatever. And then other times we're just, you know, we're wrestling and like with it, with 2020 is weird because this is the least I've traveled in like seven years. Cause I've been full-time pro wrestling. Like that's my biggest job for like seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, like before that I was, I was like a lot of struggling, you know, struggling bands or struggling guys where, you know, I was working a part-time job and, you know, I was, I was working at Peabody's and wrestling, or I was working, you know, at a gym and wrestling, but like starting in like 2014, like at the end of 2013, 2014, I, uh, 
I was just wrestling. Um, and I was traveling constantly, but like 2020 has like stopped all that. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm traveling one day a week and we go straight to TV. We, when we get to, when we get to Florida, we stay in the hotel, you know, cause we got to completely isolate. We got a COVID test every week. Then we go to TV and we got to wear masks and stay socially distant from all our coworkers and stuff and TV personnel and all that stuff. And then you do the match on TV and then you go back to the hotel and you fly home. Like it, it's, it's the, it, you know, and I know like I'm fortunate that I still have a job and I'm still able to do what I love to do, but like, it's the weirdest time i think in anybody any of our lives like no one could imagine like we were gonna be you know what i mean like y'all have when's the last time you guys you guys played a show Uh, february yeah like it's crazy right like and and we haven't done anything with an audience still since like uh i think the end of march like right or like sometime in march like was the the last time we had an audience there and that was now you're doing you're doing matches that just go straight to tv yeah. So we, we, WWE actually, they actually did this really cool thing. So like for a while, for a couple months, we were doing shows in like an empty arena. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they actually did something really, really cool where they, they, they call it the, the Thunderdome. Right. And they, they set up these led screens, uh, like in like the stadium. So they have like a, a full stadium of led screens. And people are like doing on Zoom or Twitch or whatever. I don't know what platform you gotta you gotta sign into it. Um, and and you're watching oh, the match live, and they're projecting your your <laughs> your uh, cool. screen on. You know what I mean? So like when I'm standing in the ring, I can you look out. And yeah, and there's I don't know like five thousand people or whatever. You know what I mean? Like in, I, I don't know if it's that many. It might be fifteen hundred, two thousand. It's a lot. It's yeah. it's you know it's it's a full bank of stadium seats, and and you see the faces. You can see them react. You can hear them. They're 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 live. Like so, if they're yelling in their in their camera, like it's coming out through the. That's really cool. Uh, yeah. So it's it's a it's a really cool. I think the NBA might have done something similar, like where they but they just had like a big flat wall, so it looked mm-hmm. like they were playing in a racquetball court. Um, and like WWE actually, man, like it's, it's like, uh, you know, like the first, the first row was closest and the second row is, is a little bit further and, and higher up. And then like, you can find, you know, it's, it's on, it's on every Monday on, on USA or every Friday on Fox. Um, like it's, it's cool to watch just cause it's like, it's a crazy environment. And like the, I don't know who thought of that in WWE, but man, they're a genius. Yeah, uh, that is a good it, idea. Cause and it, probably it, for you guys too, right? Like did, did oh, it change God. the whole vibe. Oh yeah. 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 Cause like re- man, wrestling hurts like a lot. It, it hurts a lot. Yeah. And if there's not like in, you know, similar to like you, you guys playing a show or anybody like who's, who's performing in front of an audience, like you get that, you feed off that energy of the people in the crowd and like everything hurts a little less. You're a little less tired. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you, if you guys drive 12 hours and you haven't slept and you're maybe feeling, you know, run down or whatever, and then you go out and the crowd is just, going crazy man you feel invincible like you're like well my energy's up high i'm gonna be tired i'm gonna be sore but like for this minute for this you know 20 minutes or this you know whatever hour i'm invincible it's like adrenaline comes out when the audience is uh, in uproar for sure oh unquestionably but like so for for us like we haven't had that but like this thunderdome thing and like having interaction with real fans and real people like has kind of brought that back it's a different it's a different feeling 
but it's it's more like it. You know what I mean? It's not it's closer the same. to the real thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's not the same as having physical people there and like, you know what I mean? Because you can feel it when people are there, but you can hear it and you can see it now. And it's like it's like man, it's 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 such a better atmosphere and it's got to be better like the product like it has to be better to watch on tv as well like because you're seeing people and you're hearing people and like it's a it's a collective experience and i think that's what people don't get like you know what i mean people who don't go to shows people who don't go see a a fight lives see matches lives like it's a it's a collective experience uh because like you know you hear 10,000 people, 5,000 people, 500 people, whatever, however many people are in the audience, they're all either singing along or they're, they're cheering or they're booing or they're whatever their reaction is, you get swept up in it and, and, and then you, you kind of react together and then you become like this one voice. And like, as the guy, you know, on stage or in the ring, like, man, it's, it's, there's, there's no, I mean, I'm straight edge and like I say it, but like, there's no drug in the world like that could possibly compare to that. Like, Mm. I can't imagine any feeling that's better than that. That is awesome, man. And when you're, uh, let me ask you this, Mm -hmm. I've been doing this for so long now. Have you ever been on the receiving end or on on the the side that caused it like a big injury uh, in the ring? So I, I take, I take a lot of pride, um, that, I don't cause injury while I'm wrestling. You know, it's a it's a it's a really delicate balance between making it look violent and brutal and not actually permanently maiming, killing, and, and injuring your opponents. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I uh, I've, I've I've had my bell rung a couple times, uh, but I think you know, thanks to uh, just having like a, a hard head and. Uh, maybe taking a, a few too many punches when I was younger. Uh, I'm pretty good at getting hit and not getting hurt. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so like I, as a, as a pro, um, like I separated my shoulder. Um, you know, I, I dealt with like some, some kind of minor, minor injuries, um, and just kept wrestling. Like, uh, you know, I have, like I'm right now I'm wrestling with turf toe, uh, which I got. Oh, I heard that's like, brutal. Yeah, it it's not fun. It 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 it's an it's an everyday thing, and like a lot of like um like NFL players or whatever, because like it affects how you how you run and how you like spring and stuff. And like NFL guys will be out for like three months with it. Uh, I I haven't missed a match. Like <laughs> so. It's so just NFL it's pussies. That's what <laughs> not saying that at all, but <laughs> no, like, I'm kidding. you know what I mean? Like, uh, it, it, that's part of wrestling though. Like you just kind of find ways to work through things. Um, yeah. so like yeah. the scariest injury definitely that I've personally been a part of or been next to is, um, a cup, like maybe three months ago now, my, my tag team partner, um, dove, like jumped out of the ring. And, um, when he came out, he, uh, he connected, he hit his chin, like the guy he was landing on, like the way he hit his chin, it like snapped his head and he ruptured two discs in his neck. Oh, um, so, so he had to, um, go and get, uh, surgery 
And, um, it was like a, uh, it was a, it was a, a pretty intense surgery. So, so that happened in Florida and he had to fly, he flew to the, um, the Anderson sports medicine center in Birmingham, Alabama, which is like the best orthopedic surgery place on the planet. Like tons of professional athletes go there. Like all the, the WWE guys that have had to have like knees replaced, neck surgeries, all that stuff have gone there. Um, and like, so he went there, he got his neck next fixed and he's, uh, he's currently rehabbing. So like, um, our tag team has kind of just been on, on the shelf obviously as he's healing, but like, that was terrifying. So like to see him, you know what I mean? Like that, yeah. that dude, my, that dude's like my, like my brother, like I've been outside of my wife. He's the person who I've spent the most time with over the last seven years since 2014. He and I started a tag team before we were in WWE. We traveled the world together. We went to Mexico, Europe, England, you know, Japan, um, all over the States. And then we signed a WWE together. We were on tour together. You know what I mean? Like he, he's the dude, like when we were on the road, like we share a hotel room, like that, that's my brother. And, um, to see him go down and like, not be able to, to move, you know what I mean? Like when he got, he got hurt, he was scared to move cause he didn't know what it was and then like because of covid like they wouldn't let me in the ambulance with him oh shit and like did you, so did i you had know to, immediately there was something we, wrong or we we knew immediately he was hurt oh, yeah man. yeah he was he was hurt he knew he knew right away um and like uh so and like you know wwe has like some of the best like medical team on the planet um which because like what we do is very can be very dangerous you know it's yeah. it's we're, we're we're trained professionals we we work our best to like to make sure that, you know, you're not getting hurt, but things happen. Like, and that's why, like, they're, they're really big on like, Hey, don't try this at home. You know, don't like kids don't do this stuff. Like this is, this can be super dangerous if you're not even for professionals. Um, and, and so, uh, there's, there's very, very high risks involved. Um, and like, uh, so when he got hurt, like I, you know, I had to go to the hospital and they wouldn't let me see him. Like, you know, I, I, I was waiting like outside the hospital with masks on and all that stuff. Cause like, because of COVID they wouldn't, they would only let like his wife in, in the building. Yeah. Um, and then he went and had surgery and I've seen him a couple times, like, and, and just following his progress and like, you know, every day kind of checking on him, making sure like, cause like your body's going to heal it's your, it's your mind when something like that happens, when you're an athlete, when you're, you know, and, and you can't do the things you normally do. You can't lift, you can't, you know, you can't run around, you can't do, you know, you can't wrestle. Like he's been wrestling just as long as I have. So like, it's the, it's like part of you is missing when you, you can't do that stuff. So we're, uh, we're already, you know, making big plans for when he's, he's full speed again and can, uh, can come back and you know matches we want to have and things we want to do and stuff like that so it's uh he is getting better he's he's coming back so but that that for sure is the scariest thing that i've ever i've ever been a part of uh and his name is ivar right yeah 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 his name his name's ivar and like before uh it was um he was uh hansen um before wwe hansen okay yeah like (laughs) get better bro damn that's that's that sucks that's brutal yeah Yeah, i was wondering i I was watching some of your moves i was watching this one double knee oh yeah now like how do you land that without like hurting yourself all the time uh it seems like the the landing is like i don't want to be on the end of the knee that's for damn sure but even (laughs) even the, the perpetrator of that of that of that blow is is 
you know, that's, that's risky, man. Yeah. I mean, but it's, you know, it's like, it's like anything you, you, you learn how to protect yourself in those situations. You know what I mean? Like I know, know like if you're, you're, yeah, but well, and like, it's, it's a break fall just like, you know what I mean? Like I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, mad Joe, like doing jujitsu and stuff like he does, like he knows how to get taken down and not, you know, break his neck every time. Mm, like gotcha, if, you, gotcha. if you, if you throw him, he knows how to kind of distribute his weight and make sure that he's not, you know, falling, falling all weird and landing on a shoulder or something like that. I got to learn uh, how to do this. I'm built like a plank. I could barely <laughs> bend over. <laughs> you just tip me over. I go straight down. Yeah. It's, it, you know, it's it, that, that's one specifically that move I've been doing since like, Man, like 2005, 2006. So yeah, like, such a I sick probably, move, dude. I, I love that you. one. I, I've probably been doing it like, a, you know, a couple thousand times. Uh, and like my, my <laughs> like that one I like because like I, no one else does a move like that. Like yeah. a lot of people throw drop kicks or a lot of people throw knees or something. But that one specifically is like mine. Uh, the only other person I ever saw that did it was my wife. She stole it for a while too. Ooh. So. <laughs> the double knee, the double knee hard. I never seen anybody do that. You're right. Come to think. Yeah. You know who I liked when I was real young, I was big into uh, Kurt Angle. Oh, he's the best. Oh, it's true. It's true. He was like such a good villain. And I, I'm pretty sure he went to like college in Pennsylvania. So I backed him. I said, oh, he's like a PA dude. Like, uh, Oh yeah. 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 He's definitely a PA dude. He still lives in Pittsburgh or like oh, outside of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, he, uh, I can't remember now where he went to college. I'm, I'm, I think I'm it embarrassed. Was like called, uh, it was out in Western PA in like a small town. Mm-hmm. Some yep. people I knew went there, and they were like, "Kurt Angle went here." I was like, "Shut up!" He wouldn't go. Yeah. Places. Oh yeah. And that, I mean, it was a, he was a, like a real life Olympic gold medalist. Like yeah. he's he, he he so like he's one of the big reasons why uh, he was one of my heroes when I first got into wrestling, and still is like to this day. Oh shit. Um. Okay. Yeah. Like he he was a big because I was an amateur wrestler. I wrestled in high school. I wrestled for two years in college. Mm-hmm. Um. I wrestled my since I was like in fifth grade. Like um and uh to so that then like kurt angle who was a, an olympian who like did the wrestling that i did like getting into wrestling i, I was like man i wanted to be just like him i wanted to you know I, I wanted to be kurt angle you know um and then like i was fortunate enough coming to wwe um that uh i got to meet him and, and interact with him like backstage like he was working as a producer oh, so cool. um and like he was helping kind of uh, you know, helping with ideas for matches or, you know, making sure that we were doing things like, um, you know, staying to our TV times or, or making sure that we were getting like whatever the, the, the story or the, you know, um, you know, what it just, just helping produce the matches, like helping mm-hmm. putting them together and helping to kind of make sure that we were doing the right thing for the, the overall product. You know what I mean? Cause sometimes if you're so focused on yourself, you don't, you don't think about what somebody else is doing you know, in the next match or whatever. Um, so like the producers kind of help with that. They can kind of see the overall thing and kind of be like, Hey, you know, let's, let's focus on this or this is where you're going next week. So like, we need to make sure this story makes sense or whatever. And like Kurt did that for a while. Um, and I got to like have some really cool conversations with them. And, and, um, I was, uh, there, there was a, an MMA movie, um, called warrior, uh, with, uh, Joel, Joel Edgerton and, um, uh, I'm Hardy. Um, and like, I was in, uh, I, I had like a very small role in that movie. Like, uh, 
I was, I was one of, one of, and Kurt Angle was in the movie too. I was one of his corner guys. Like, oh, um, cool, man. And, and it was, dude, I, we filmed for like three months. I was in that movie for like 11 seconds. It was the funniest thing <laughs> ever. But like, uh, my, my, my buddy RJ from Erie, Pennsylvania got yeah, me that RJ. role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, with Iron Empire. Yep. Um, RJ got me that role. And, That's right. Um, RJ's in that. That's right. Yeah. I remember, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Cause he, he was you on, could he recognize was on, him anywhere with the, with the face. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the tattoo face definitely, uh, definitely stands out. But, um, he, he got me that role. And then like, I didn't know he was just like, yo, you know, they need, they need some guys for this movie. Like, do you, you know, who have this look or whatever? Like, do you want to do it? And at the time, man, I needed money and I was, it was, it was great. Like, but I stayed in, you know, like a friend's sleeping on a friend's floor or whatever. Cause they were filming in Pittsburgh and I didn't have money for a hotel or anything like that. So like, but then ended up like being Kurt Angle's guy in the movie was really cool. And then like later, later than, you know, five, six years later, like talking to, talking to Kurt, like backstage WWE and like kind of putting that back together. Like, Hey man, like we did this, this movie thing together. And he was just like, Oh man, like that's so cool. Uh, that's like, cool how shit works, right? Yeah, dude, it's such a small world. Yeah. It's such a small world. And like the longer, I think, I think the thing that like, uh, uh, that separates things is like a lot of people do really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. but most people don't stick with it. You know totally, what I mean? Like totally. there might be people, there might be people who are, who are doing something for two or three years and then they switch and then they go away and they do whatever. But if you stay like in that scene or in that passion and like, if you, if you're in for a long time, you know what I mean? Like if you're in, in for like 10, 10 plus years or whatever, you're that circle of other people that stay in that thing for 10 years are a lot smaller like how many bands are around for like two or three years and you're like oh man they were great but where'd they go yeah exactly you know and, and wrestling's the same and you know i think anything that's like that and like a lot of people have very legitimate reasons for for not continuing to do whatever they're doing you know they family work money whatever but like for people who kind of stay true and stay in that grind like yeah. You know what I mean? You look at those bands that have stood the test of time and they're still going after 10, 15, 20 years. Like you do it when in your intro, you're talking about terror, like yeah. everybody, everybody, I mean, Jesus Christ, like everybody has gone to see terror because they've been around forever and they tour everywhere. And they, you know what I mean? Like, so it's, like, it's kind of like you got to stick around and you have to not be a dick and then you're good. Yeah. You know? I, I think, I think that's the biggest rule for any, for, for life. Like, I, and I, t- I tell people that all the time, like, I'm, I'm like, just, you know, like, uh, if, if there's ever, if I'm ever part of a group or if I'm ever in like a situation and they're like, oh man, so-and-so is not getting along or, you know, we're having a problem with this. And I was like, just make this rule. Like if you live by this rule, you'll be good. And that rule is don't be a dick. It's like 100, <laughs> 100. And how is, uh, when you were coming up in the Cleveland scene, did you have some favorites from the city or what? As far as the uh, band, uh, band wise. So like from Cleveland, like, so I was, I was a little too young or like, didn't, uh, wasn't going to shows really when integrity was like doing their thing. Uh-huh. Um, so like I kind of missed integrity. I got out, like got in like just after that, but like, um, my favorite man from, from Cleveland was, was ringworm. Um, you know, it just, band do and like i had incredible riffs i had my um my first couple tattoos uh that i had were were done by uh human furnace oh so so he he's got a tattoo shop 
um, called 252 Tattoo. And um, it's like a Cleveland institution. Um, and like, so I, I actually went to his, his shop to get his first, he did like Danzig tattoos on me um, and uh, and did my stomach tattoo. Um, and like there, I don't know, man. I, I think, I think for me, like, they're the ultimate Cleveland band, like, like Chimera's fucking really cool. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of like smaller bands too, that like never really got the credit that they, they deserve out of Cleveland. They either didn't, you know, didn't tour nationally or didn't, you know, really break out. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I, I have to keep going back to ringworm. Like I, I think from a, and my they're favorite, still going. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't like still they're, going they're, with quality too. Like that's yeah. the key. They're still putting out quality. Yeah, but like they're they're the other. You know what I mean? Like if you you talk about people that need just need to stick around. You know what I mean? Like stay around. Don't be a dick. Like and that because like so many different people have played with with them for a while. Like maybe you know their guitar player or their you know what I mean. Someone some one band member had to step out because you know he had a kid or because whatever. Someone else will step in and and continue that band and yeah. like. Dude, they're I don't know. They're they're such a like foundational group um in hardcore and like because they were around early and they yeah. you and know, when you they say the some... name you do think like sometimes with certain bands you say agnostic front, you think New York City. When you say ringworm, you definitely think Cleveland. Like it's just... Yeah, yeah, there's no there's no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, and and like I feel like they they created that sound in Cleveland. So so many other bands tried to like like Cleveland, Cleveland hardcore bands and like the Cleveland scene was a lot more like had a lot more metal in the music than like, let's say like, you know, where y'all are from, there's, there's more like punk rock in the music. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like in that kind of, uh, East coast, I feel like there was a lot more like, you know, agnostic front influence, like where, where they were more to the punk than, than to the metal hardcore Mm -hmm. of the hardcore scene. So like, like your riffs were different your your beats were different you know your breakdowns were different and vocals and, especially cleveland had a, yeah, real, oh God, yeah. a real distinct like distinct vocal style that a lot of bands sounded like human furnace yeah you know? oh dude yeah and and he's like he's he's such a, a character i don't think you could duplicate him he's uh, yeah i just man like a lot of people like uh you, you know when they're like, Hey, what kind of, you know, what kind of music do you like? Or what kind of, you know, whatever, like I, I play ringworm for them, like for guys in WWE, like, cause they're, they're like, you know, Oh yeah, you used to do this or used to, you know, used to whatever, like, what do you, what do you like? So like a lot of times we'll, we'll be on the road or we're driving between towns or whatever. And I, it's like, well, this is the music I grew up with. And I put them on them on and they're just like, Whoa, yeah, <laughs> dude, that's serious shit. Are there a lot of dudes in the WWE that were uh, into hardcore at all? Because, I know there's a lot of hardcore dudes that love the WWE, but <laughs> um, so it 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 kind of fluctuates. Like there are sometimes, and then not other times. Like uh, I think like there there's definitely guys that are really 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 into metal, um, and there's uh like guys who who really like you know heavy heavy stuff. Um, but then like. I don't know guys that were specifically into, you know what I mean? Like kind of, I, I don't know if I like, like kind of like that street hardcore on like a street level, you know what I mean? And like yeah. a lot, a lot of guys didn't get to go to as many shows as like, because, because WWE's schedule is so hard. 
um, it's, it's hard to get to shows. You know what I mean? Like we, we're, we're, we're doing wrestling shows on the same day that most concerts are. Yeah. So like the, the, you kind of get this insulated in a, in a bubble, but there's, um, one of the guys who like, uh, who's a, who was a musical, uh, encyclopedia was a coach actually at, at the WWE performance center. His name's Robbie Brookside. He's from, he's from England, but he knew every hardcore band that like ever was wow like so you could he he's got a crazy like record collection so like if there was ever a band that i had a question about or like i would be like hey man have you heard of this guy this band he was like oh their album you know whatever is the best thing ever and this is another band that sounds like them he he was he was like an encyclopedia and he was like an old school like uh like technical british style wrestler Uh um and just like tough as like tough as nails, like tough as nails. But like you'd never kind of like looking at him. Like he didn't, you know, he didn't dress like a like a hardcore kid or he didn't dress like a punk rock kid. But man, he he knew more about bands than I could ever like that I could ever learn. Uh and he had just seen seen so many bands and listened to so many bands and like he knew he still knew, you know, new music today. Like I guarantee if I called him right now, he would tell me 10 bands that I'd never heard of that are you know, going to be my new favorite bands. That's, that's cool. And how about uh, like a dude like CM Punk? He was like kind of the first, uh, I don't know, maybe he wasn't the first, but the like the, uh, claiming straight edge in the WWE. Would he be like the first guy to do that? I think so. So he definitely wasn't the first guy who like didn't drink or smoke, but he was the first guy who like popularized it. And like it became part of his persona and part of his character. So like yeah. for me being a straight edge kid, like that was amazing. Like that, he. That's was, what I was gonna ask. Like when, they, when you found out there's this guy saying straight edge in the WWE, you're already a fan of, of the WWE and a, a straight edge guy yourself. I didn't know if there was some kind of you felt. Oh like yeah, absolutely. Connected. And like so, for for me being like, you know, being an independent wrestler before that, like I knew who CM Punk was way before he got to WWE. Like so, uh, there's a the the guys who helped train me to be a wrestler. Uh, one are both straight edge. So the, the the one dude was named Josh Prohibition, and he was a Cleveland guy. Oh, and I, the, that, the, I know that name. So How and the other the, the well the the other kid is is M Dog or Matt Cross, uh-huh. and and M Dog is the biggest punk rock kid in the in the planet. He's gone to more punk rock shows I think than than probably most people in bands um and like he's like he's really good friends with like you know everybody from like rancid to you know agnostic or to um against me and like all kind you know what i mean like he just he's been to so many bands and like he's this kid lives punk rock like he just he just is like and uh he's gone to you know to shows in on like four or five different continents you know what i mean like if he's in in switzerland wrestling he's gonna find a punk rock show and he's gonna go like uh and and do and and he's still like out there on the indie scene like just grinding like he's a punk rock he's he's the punk rock wrestler because he's he's doing it himself he's not signed to a major label he's not signed to anything else you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. he's just a grinder and he's he's one of the best wrestlers i've ever seen there's there's tons of wrestlers like today or like you know in nxt or wwe that have watched m dog and like trying to, to to do his moves or figure out you know what i mean he's an influence on them and like he i don't even know if he realizes that you know what i mean like uh but but those guys were 
we're straight edge and they help they they help train me to be be wrestlers and then like so they knew who cm punk was and they kind of like told me about him or whatever they were buddies with him um and so like i i kind of followed his career before he was in wwe and then like to see him go to wwe and then become like a big name and then like because when i tell people a lot of times like they'll ask me or they'll say something and and i don't even usually say straight edge because people don't know what that means Mm -hmm. but then when when cm punk got got on top and got to wwe and got popular he he opened people's eyes that like what straight edge meant or what it what it could stand for so like now when i say hey i'm straight edge a lot of people because of cm punk know what i'm talking about yeah and like that's a cool thing because like for me i would just say like oh no i don't drink i don't smoke and that was it because like i didn't want to explain them yeah the rest they they wouldn't get it right yeah and like how i am yeah just i don't it man it's so hard to and they're like well no see you know when and like why do you have x's tattooed well when you were underage you went to a concert they would put x's on your hands so then we just started putting x's on our hands to let you know that we didn't you know what i mean like it just you go down this rabbit hole and then like you're explaining for five minutes and you look and the guy's got his eyes glazed over he doesn't care so like you just (laughs) you know what i mean like i'm like dude i just don't drink no thanks uh but like him him getting there was and and being able to like cut straight edge promos and like you know have straight edge t-shirts and like have drug free on a wwe t-shirt is so crazy mm, was mind-blowing you know what i mean like get like game like game changing so then like for me like i don't even uh like that's not part of my character as far as like my on-screen you know i'm i'm a viking like that's that's who i am on on wwe tv and like that's kind of who i am like outside the ring too like we you know we do viking reenactment and fighting and martial arts and stuff like that but like i don't i don't necessarily i've got straight edge tattoos but i don't talk about being straight edge that's not part of who i am but like it's 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 allowed us to to connect with people that they know that we're straight edge because my partner's straight edge too he doesn't drink really and like yeah so but no one no one knows that because we don't really talk about it unless you you know we do we do an interview like this or we yeah you know it's just something that like he he and i have in common and like he he didn't grow up in the hardcore scene he didn't grow up with punk rock or anything like that he grew up in like a real small town in new hampshire so he just didn't smoke and didn't drink so like when we met and i was you know i talked to him about straight edge he was like oh yeah me too man like i i just didn't know there was a name for it like (laughs) you know that's awesome yeah so like it's uh now with a cm punk type dude is is he i never seen him in real life but he is he like unusually small for a wwe guy or no so he's not like he, he was he was not the biggest dude um, you know, I, man, he I'm seemed like think. a regular looking guy. Like, you yeah, know, usually yeah. He, he was, he was guys a, are in there. Yeah. He was, he was definitely not like, you know, superhero big, like a lot of WWE guys are. Um, and like, I think, uh, I think especially when he was, he was kind of at his peak too. a lot of the guys were bigger. Um, whereas like a lot of sports, like not just, not just WWE, but like the NFL too are going, like kind of smaller, faster, more athletic people are, are starting to kind of open eyes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a lot of football players, like, man, if you weren't six foot four, you weren't going to play in the NFL. But now like there's got, you see, you see running backs out there and quarterbacks and stuff who are like five ten, five eleven, And man, they can do like crazy things 
so they're able to get a shot. And I think I think all of professional sports are kind of going that way, um, in WWE included. Like, because I'm, you know, I'm 6'1", 250. Like I'm not, I'm not that's the a, biggest guy. I'm not the biggest big fucking guy. guy six one two fifty. Jesus. Well, but like compared to you know somebody like uh, you know Hulk Hogan who was six foot eight and three hundred pounds. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm not the biggest dude on the planet. But like, I, I don't know. I think I think Punk was probably like one ninety five, two hundred pounds. You know what I mean? Like, all right. I think probably, I could. I think I could take that one ninety five. <laughs> I think I got it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> But he, uh, you know what I mean? Like, but like, I, I think he was such a charismatic person and he, he taught, you know, like, cause like the secret of wrestling is, you know, when you're in the ring, you want people to emotionally invest. You know what I mean? They either want to see you win, see you lose, see you get beat up, see you, you know, kick an ass, whatever. Like that's, that's what you need. And like punk had that magic where like people just cared, like whether they hated him or whether they loved him, they wanted to see something happen. You know what I mean? And I think, I think that's the magic of wrestling, like where, uh, you know, my partner and I kind of people love seeing us kick ass. Like it is what it is. Like whether we're kind of in the bad guy role or in the good guy role, like people just want to see us beat other guys up. Like mm -hmm. we're crazy Vikings and they want to see us do our thing. You know, but as like, of now, you guys are considered good guys though. No, like, yes. Yeah. And we have been for like, five years on like straight <laughs> like uh i think people you know people like that see that kick ass yeah you know so now they, if for they, some reason mm -hmm. the role turned to bad guy would you be bumped on it or would you just embrace it i'd embrace it yeah i be uh, fun though right oh yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah well and so and the funny thing is like my so my my wife uh you know, before she got pregnant was with WWE as well. And she was a bad guy. And like, so it's, oh, okay. it's funny. Cause like, you know, she's way meaner than I am. So she's a bad guy <laughs> in real life too. Um, but like, uh, it's, it's funny. Cause like you, you know, you, the mentality is different as a, as, as that, as that role, like, you know what I mean? You're thinking about ways to like make the crowd hate you. Yeah. And like that, there's definitely, that's fun. Like being a villain can be fun. Yeah, because like make a whole crowd like boo you and like spit on the ground and dude, oh my God, I would love yeah. trying to do that. Yeah, well, and like my um my uh like an extreme example of that, my my buddy uh or you know the guy Josh Prohibition who uh, who helped train me to be a wrestler. Him and him and M Dog wrestled at the Gathering of the Juggalos, which is like a crazy music festival. I'm sure you yeah, know what that yeah. is. It's uh, a big event. And, yeah, and he went out as you know josh prohibition is his last is his last name you know what i mean so he went out straight edge you know i don't smoke i don't drink i'm straight edge i'm better than you oh, and those guys were dude. and that whole crowd was like throwing batteries <laughs> at him. i love you know yeah. yeah like so he he would come to the ring with like a you know a hockey mask and have to keep it on because those dudes are like chuck like the whole crowd is throwing batteries at him oh my and like God. full beer cans and stuff and he's just you know soaking it in that is sick. Yeah, that would be fun to play. Let me let me ask you this. You said, you know, you got to either be like loved or hated. Like yep. in, in your experience, you know, you're always a fan. Who was the most hated wrestler that you've, that you've seen? Man. Um, so I think like there, there's two. So like kind of like a classic guy who was most hated, I think, was Roddy Piper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about him. Definitely. Yeah. I so loved him I, when I was a kid, though. Oh, his little, he so, had the little talk show at the end and stuff. He, yep. 
<laughs> but he could get he could get people so mad. Like there were multiple times. Like he got stabbed going to the ring. Oh my god! I didn't where know. like people were so mad at him that they, you know what I mean? Like he would he would start literal riots back in like the eighties, uh, and and he he could just work people up so much. So like him, like I think he he had hate on a different level. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and and then like modern day, I think one of the best bad guys, one of the best villains of all time is Randy Orton. Oh. Uh, he he is uh like he's cr- like crazy in his psychology. You know what I mean? Like just just he'll like turn his head a little bit and like make this kind of face and you're like and you just want to hit him you know like he he so he knows how to do that and how to hold his body and how to yeah you know what i mean like just so like the littlest things that he can do and you look at him and you're like god damn like from a from from this side from my perspective he's an artist you know what i mean like you can see how in control of his body he is and how how, how he knows how to how to make people hate him the and str- I think that's the strength of a gesture, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. That ball lyric, the strength of a gesture. Just abs- like a, the slight little thing. You're like, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's such a small little thing. And then, you know, and that little smirk and like, you know what I mean? Like there, there's plus, just he's such like a... deezed out that motherfucker, right? He's, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And he's, yeah. And, and has been for, you know, and he's, 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 he's a future Hall of Famer. Like How whatever, at guy? whatever point. Uh, I don't know. He's, he's late thirties, probably, you know, okay. early forties, maybe at the, at the earliest, but like he started, he started with WWE when he was like 19, you oh, know? So he's yeah, been, okay. yeah, he's been wrestling forever, but like, he, he's just like without, without Randy Orton being, being the chief bad guy, like John Cena doesn't get to be Superman. You know what I mean? Oh, without, yep. without Lex Luthor, there's no, there's no Superman without, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, would a that. guy like Randy Orton, let like, because he sees John Cena like and and these the stuff outside of the the business that he he gets to enjoy, like it could have easily could have easily been Orton to do that stuff. Sure, you know, like do you think he, there would, would ever be a resentment or something? Like, damn, if if it was only like a a different script, I could have been starring in some some of these fucking movies. And <laughs> so I don't. I mean, I don't know because like. It, you get to a certain point where like you maybe want to explore other options, but maybe you don't, maybe you just want to stay wrestling. Yeah. And like, yeah. because like his dad, his dad was cowboy Bob Orton. You know what I mean? Like, so yep. he came, like he grew up wrestling. So like, I, I don't know if he wants to do stuff outside of wrestling. I just know that he's committed his life to wrestling. So like, I, you know, yeah. different people want different things. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I know that he's, you know, he's got a big, he's got like, I don't know, four or five, I think four sons, you know? Oh, so like yeah. he, nice. yeah, he's got, he's got kids at home. So, you know, ultimately I don't, I don't know what he wants to do. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm not friends with him like that to know what he wants to do outside of the ring. But like, I think everybody's kind of got plans like, what to do after or what to do while you're while you're on top or you know after you're on top or whatever like you know it's just like an interest such such an interesting business you know and yeah. uh i wondered like could could like the could a guy turn from bad to good or good to bad naturally without without like the bosses involved just from the crowd interaction alone could the crowd ever just decide 
No, oh, sure. we love this motherfucker. Absolutely. Like, they, when they, did they that happen? Before, Do you know of any, any times? Um, so famously, like super famously, uh, one of the one of the one of the the biggest time that's ever happened is there was a match on I think it was WrestleMania. 18 whoever wrestling fans are listening don't get mad if i got that wrong um uh with where the rock wrestled um hulk hogan uh in in toronto and uh and they the when they went in the the hulk hogan was a bad guy the rock was a good guy Mm -hmm. And, and they started wrestling that way and the crowd just switched they started cheering hogan and booing the rock and oh, the guy and, and and they were in the ring and like their WrestleMania is the biggest show of the year. That's yeah. the Super Bowl. That's the Super Bowl. And they were in one of the biggest matches of the year. And they on the fly in the ring switched roles. So Hogan started wrestling like a good guy. The Rock started wrestling like a bad guy. And the crowd went absolutely bonkers. <sighs> I mean, they're coming unglued. And it changed you know, going forward, it changed how those characters were received by the crowd. Yeah. So like Hogan stopped being a bad guy, you know, the, the, the rock started kind of being more of a bad guy. And like, so like, that's the magic of having that live crowd that yeah. like, you don't you have can't control you know the what crowd. I mean? Yeah. You, you can't control the crowd. And like, like people, like um, you see like a groundswell of, of things that happen. Like uh, a couple of years ago, Becky Lynch mm-hmm. was, was that, uh, was that thing like she was the the underdog uh you know ronda i think ronda rousey was the champ at the time who's the baddest female on the planet right mm-hmm. and um and uh becky got her nose broke in a match like i mean just splattered all over her face Ooh. and didn't quit like didn't quit she um she just kept coming and like you know i mean blood just like oh dude it was it was crazy like it was so crazy they put it on a t- she put it on a t-shirt like her, her face just looked, you know, she looked like Mike Tyson punched her in the face. And, um, but she was such a, like, you know, she did, she was so tough in that thing that the crowd just got behind her. And then, and then it, it, it carried forward. You know what I mean? Same thing happened with Daniel Bryan, where, you know, when he, when he was like on the way up to, to getting WWE title, like the crowd just got behind him and made this momentum. And like, that's, I think the biggest thing that's, you know, everyone misses that live crowd because it's magic. And yeah, like, and that's we're, we're, the type of thing could happen. Like, yeah. you, I mean, it, like you said, it, it's, it's better than it was in the beginning now with the, right. uh, with the faces, but it probably, that type of thing probably couldn't happen yet. You know? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It would like, and it, it might like, I guess because, who knows? Cause yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's actual live people. You know, yeah. Just and they're, and they're watching, they're watching and they're, you know, they're, they're remote, but like, yeah. so it's, it's definitely a cool thing, but like, you know, I, I don't think I, I, I you know, I don't, I don't think I'm going out on a limb to say like having people in the stands is always going to be better. I think, you know, because so, I mean? it could be the yeah. stranger next to you that kind of influences you in that case. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah they yeah, see yeah, something you sure. don't, and they start bugging out about it. And you're like, Oh shit. Oh yeah. 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 And then, it, then it's momentum. Then it gets swept up yeah. then it's, you know, just like uh, you know, just like going to a hardcore show, like I always knew it was it was time to start start dancing and getting in the pit when I got punched. Like oh, yeah. it was safe, <laughs> it was safer to be moving than it was standing on the side. Yeah. Like <laughs> that yeah, that is a cue. Like you better start moving, man. Yep. You're just, yeah, you're just you, the target you, at this point. <laughs> you'd you'd feel it or you'd hear that, you know, the drum like 
and you're like, uh oh, gotta go. <laughs> that is fun. That, that's cool, man. Yeah, I was uh, you know, years ago I worked uh, down in in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and I was cooking in a, in a hotel restaurant, and I got to make breakfast for Ric Flair. Oh man! Like, and he had to think thirteen uh, egg whites with hot sauce. That's all he wanted. No kidding. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. But, Rick uh, Rick is still around too. Like that's another cool dude right there. Like dude, I liked him he's, and he's I like Kurt Angle. I was like, yeah, I like that personality. Like those guys. Yeah. Rick Rick is still the man. And like yeah. uh he uh he, like so he he you know, I got to meet him a lot more this year than I, I have in different times because we were, you know, spending a lot of time together, like backstage and stuff. And uh he found out that I was a you know, I was an amateur wrestler my whole life and like his sons were amateur wrestlers and like, he's, he's really involved in that. Like, you know, and like, he comes from like an old school wrestling standpoint where like, you know, a shooter, like a real wrestler was like really respected. Mm -hmm. Um, so like now that he knows that about me, like if I'm not looking, he'll like, pretend to try to like shoot a double like a double leg takedown on me or something like he'll you know i'll be i'll be getting a coffee in the backstage and he's like oh could have got you could have got yeah, you caught you so <laughs> yeah so you got to keep your head on a swivel yeah that's 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 one cool dude man yeah like like what a what a crazy thing you know and now with all these other leagues i mean there's like you know everybody's doing some of them seem to be doing pretty well nothing like wwe but yeah, dude, it's a great time to be a wrestler. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan. It's a great time for for wrestling in general. Like, um, just like, and, and the the more people, I I don't know. I just I think I, I think re- I think wrestling's like a lot of things that moves in waves. You know what I mean? Like back in like the nineteen early ninety or late nineties and early two thousands, like it was really really high, and then you know it it kind of slowed down a little bit and then it's been building for the last, you know, five or six years. And it's, it's at another high point. I think wrestling is, is the best it's been in a long, long time right now. I think, um, I yeah, think the I see more people excited about it now than I did in, in a long time when I yeah. was real young. I mean, I was dealing with dudes like names like Bruno San Martino. Remember that guy? Oh God. Yeah. yeah oh like, God. I, yeah. I remember like all the Italian people like love that dude, you know, he would yeah. come out. Yeah. So, yeah, he's a you know, cultural icon. You know yeah, what I mean? Like we we really love that stuff. And then in high school, I I tried wrestling, uh, and I liked it, but w- the football coach wants me to gain weight. The wrestling coach wanted me to lose weight, and then there was oh right. Conflict. But I I remember like I was kind of naturally bigger and stronger than some of the other dudes, right? So I would throw mm-hmm. dudes around. But when one, because I, I was fresh, like you know I didn't know how to mm-hmm. on. But when one dude came in that knew how to do it. It was lights out for me. It was like <laughs> I was like in a pretzel so quick, and I was so mad. But uh, when I had to lose weight, I was just like, "Ah, fuck it." I can't <laughs> See, and I did. I did the opposite. I just wrestled heavier. Yeah. Like the coach, the coach would be like, "Hey, we want you to, you know, whatever wrestle, wrestle. We want you to wrestle at this lower class." And I said, "Why? I can just win against heavier kids." Yeah. I was yeah, 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 but you'll do better lower. And I said, "Well." then I'll just wrestle off the guy who was in the, the weight class above me. Like I want that class. Mm-hmm. I don't want to wrestle, you know, 171. I'll wrestle 189. And I yeah. won at 189. So there, there wasn't really anything the coach could say. And then yeah. I, you know, the next year I went to 215 and then I went to heavyweight and heavyweight, it didn't matter. Like I wrestled heavyweight, like uh, it was like in a 275 class, but I only weighed like 220 pounds. Wow. But I didn't have to, I didn't have to lose weight. So, I just, I wrestled the bigger kids 
You're being guys then, that 50 pounds heavier? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's tremendous. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Just, just, thro- and just throwing them, throwing them on their heads, throwing them, you know. I remember I, I somebody wrestled. put me in a move called the Spread Eagle. You ever hear this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my yep. God. What the yep. fuck? I, <laughs> I thought it like my whole life was over. Like, yeah. Guy, he was cranking my legs so, f- like, I couldn't even believe it. <laughs> yep. That's the wild shit, man. And yeah, I never I didn't stick in it too long to remember too much too many things, but it was it was pretty cool and the training was fucking but I did. I like just being, you know, having something to do all the time. Yeah. But, uh, for sure. Yeah, it was only like two years I spent in there before my, my football oh, coach was such a dick too that I should have just stuck with the other thing. But <laughs> in, in PA, you know in Pennsylvania the, the wrestling's big. Oh yeah, that's, that's yeah. kind of why they wanted me to lose weight because they had like state champion guys in the weight above. They knew they were good up there, you know. Right, right. They want, they want yeah, to, well, and, to fill and, the gap. PA and Ohio, Michigan are like amazing at in amateur wrestling. I think yeah. it's. I, I honestly think it's a big thing because the winters are so bad here. You got to stay inside. Yeah, you know, yeah. like it's not like you can go play. You, you can go play basketball outside in your driveway, like. But you can, you, you know, you put a mat in the basement and wrestle, like. Yeah. And that, and I think, I think, I don't know, maybe people get mad at me, but I think people from the Midwest are just tough people. Like, you know, like, I think, I think people like we got bad weather. It it rains a lot. You know what I mean? Like it, there's, there's so many things like against like a lot of our dads working in factories and you know what I mean? A lot of us are working in factories and stuff like that. Like it, it, the Midwest breeds like angry tough people oh you know because you travel around you know the yeah yeah like where you know like some regions are just soft like yeah you grew up you grew up in california and i'm not saying there's not tough people in california but like you grew up in california it's 80 degrees every day you can be happy like in cleveland like it's overcast and snowy or you know overcast and rainy or you know what i mean like smog or whatever like my dad you know my dad worked 30 years in a steel mill like, tell me that doesn't make somebody tough. That's like, brutal. yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's how it is too out there. I mean, all through that region, there's tough yeah. people. Like yeah. this morning, I I uh I rolled down the uh the car window and there's still mm-hmm. a sheet of ice behind it. You know, like that kind of vibe. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I loved it. I got to punch through it, and, like you know, reenact like my favorite movie scene. It was, uh... <laughs> no, it is tough people, and and it it, it breeds, you know, got characters like you you know and and what i like about like your uh your you and your tag team your setup is like you guys are are vikings but it's not like a stretch because in that's what you you're really involved with that stuff through this like what what would you call that thing that you do like the reenactment so so what we is exactly that is reenactment so what we do is 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 living history and we're part of a group uh called yamsborg uh which is like a an actual army like an international like brotherhood or like you know what i mean it's almost like a crew like a hardcore crew or like a you know what i mean there's different chapters throughout throughout america throughout the world mm. where we we all get together and we you know we train we fight like uh and and there's events that are held you know throughout america and throughout the world like my wife and i for our our honeymoon we didn't you know most people go to like cozumel or you know maybe myrtle beach or whatever we went to denmark to a Viking event where we fought on the field with like 600 other Vikings, like oh fighting God. like 300 versus 300, like steel, you know, and like steel weapons and like real, you know what I mean? They're not sharp, but like it's steel, it's real steel weapons. You know yeah. what I mean? You're fighting with like eight foot spears and six foot axes and, you know, swords and shields and like a real, 
a real battle. You know what I mean? Like, and, and there was, I don't know, like 2,500 like Vikings there. Like, so it was this crazy village, like right on the North sea. So like every day, like for like a week, we lived like Vikings. You lived in a tent, you ate over, like cooked over fire. Uh, you, you know, we, we would like, like take baths oh and in the, it, yeah, we, we train and fight all day in the woods and then like go and like take a bath in the, in the North sea and then like come back and then like just live in camp. Right. Like, so like, it was cool. Cause like you just put your cell phone away. You, and I, I think that's my favorite thing about being like involved in like Viking stuff. Cause like, we're so connected to our phones and like our, you know, plugged in and trying to, you know, check our Twitter or check, you know, Instagram or whatever. And like, we just put the phones away and just lived like, so you know, cool. we were, we were cooking, we were cooking over open fire. We were, you know, and, and like for us, like we're really into the history side of it. Like I'm a, I'm a huge nerd. Like it is what it is. Uh, and like, I'm really into the history side. So all of our clothes, are based on history, based on real clothes that those people wore. And they're, you know, the mm. weapons, the weapons are based on real weapons that, that they've, uh, you know, found in archeology span and stuff like that. And like, uh, my wife and I, my, my little sister went to Dublin and like, we're walking around like where Vikings lived. Cause like Vikings f- founded Dublin. Really? And so they found, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they like, uh, they like invaded Ireland and and founded the city of dublin like they right. built eric it. the red is the reason a lot of irish people have red hair yeah 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 wow yeah it's 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 like a real it's like a real thing um like if you the history in in that part of the world is is crazy fascinating because mm-hmm. like people just kept like raiding and, and conquering and getting conquered and like um but like so we we went to Dublin and we're going to museums and walking around and like seeing the places where like these settlements were and like where artifacts were found. And like, you know, I fight with a, with a sword that could be traced back. And like, I found it in Kilmainham, which is in Dublin. And like the ax I fight with is like based on that, like that place. So like that grave find, like I could walk and stand over it and be like, well, this is where, this is where, this is where the axe I use. And, you know, and it's, it's like, a, we've got a combat system. So like, you know, I'm not, you're not hitting somebody in the face with an ax or something like that, but like, uh, so you do it safely, but like, it's, it's like anything else. You know what I mean? Just like if, if you're, you're going to a jujitsu tournament, you don't choke somebody to death, but yeah. you know, there, there's, you, you agree on a set of rules and then you fight and, and you see who's better and you see who's, you know, and like, that's something that, that like, we do and it's like it's it's a it's a form of martial arts it's just a different a different discipline you know what i mean instead of like a like a japanese system this is a scandinavian system um and it's uh i don't know man it's it's something that that we really nerd out about and we really get really really into but it's something that like my my wife and i had a had a full-blown viking wedding where everyone (laughs) dressed everyone man our family our family all our nieces and nephews uh like dressed up like vikings and like we've actually we we just put a um, we put a video up on our on our youtube channel um with the viking wedding and like you know like we've never we haven't released anything because we're pretty private like with our private life Mm -hmm. but like um we uh we put a video up of our wedding and like uh people are kind of geeking out about it. Like, holy crap. Like, I didn't know this stuff existed. Like, but it was, it was, it was that a really cool, cool. It, yeah, it was a really cool experience. And everybody like played along. Cause like a lot of people go to weddings and they're like, man, like you're wearing this tux. It's kind of a boring thing. 
you know, we we're playing like we ended up like just kind of on the fly, like played like Viking games, like, you know, we're throwing each other on the floor and like playing tug of war and stuff like that. Like it was it was it was crazy. Anybody have those uh, helmets with the with the horns on it? Uh, so the the horns actually weren't worn like Damn. in in battle but like yeah we've got we've got metal i've got like steel helmets and like we wear those stuff and like really like really go ham when you wear that's what i was gonna too. ask like it's yeah. you're so into it when you watch the show shows with vikings in it this and that do you get a little too critical like uh if you see something historically inaccurate so uh, yes and no like i'll see something and i'm like man you could do that better but at the same time, like you got to be a fan and know that like that's what people want to see. Just like with you know with our with our wrestling characters, like we're Vikings, but like we're like TV Vikings. You know what I mean? We're more like Conan the Barbarian Vikings than like authentic history Vikings, like because they're flashier, right? Like that's what you want to see on TV. Like that's what you want to see in your in your uh, on the on the yeah. movie or you know what I mean? Like. I'd rather see, you know, leather and fur and horns and like fire and, you know, than linen and wool. Like, <laughs> you so know the I mean? horns were a thing, but not com as common as we would perceive it to be because of the. Yeah. The so television. like, so, so, so yeah, yeah, for sure. Like it, it's definitely looks cooler on TV and it's more dramatic. So they'll wear it, but like mm -hmm. they've found some horns, uh, but like they think they were more like ceremonial, like maybe a, a priest or a priestess would wear them in like a religious thing. Okay. But but like if you think about it, if you're if you're going into a fight and you've got a big horn on the side of your head, man, like that's a that's a, a detriment. Like because I could either hook it with an axe or I could grab it and grab you know pull you over or something like that. You're not gonna you're not gonna do that. You just want yeah. something something small and that that's not gonna be a, a liability. That's like the uh, our guitar player and engineer for this podcast, Chris. He's uh, he's an archaeologist. Uh, oh no, kidding! Yeah, he has a doctorate degree in archaeology, and he um, specializes in Roman and Greek mostly. Oh, dude, that that era is so cool. Yeah, it is real cool. Except if you're watching something on TV with him and it's not accurate, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Then he wants to tell you every reason why it's kind of. <laughs> but we we were lucky enough to go to uh, you know throughout like uh, Rome with him and oh god Athens with him on tour, and then he becomes more knowledgeable. The tour guide, than, right? Yeah, than the tour guides. Like yeah. he writes papers on these these people. It's dude. It's so it. It, it's so fascinating uh yeah, like that if you get if, once you get into like the history of stuff like because a lot of people i think like you know when you're in school like a lot of times you're just kind of like doing what you need to do to get by and then you're just kind of like all right cool and i forget about it by next year and like you just kind of get an overview but if you like really study a uh, um like part of a history or part of a, a thing and you're like wow like there's it's great. It gets crazy. Like if you really, really dig deep into it and like, you know, the Roman military and stuff like that, like, man, it's, it's, it's crazy, like crazy what they were able to do at that time period. And with like the technology that they had. Now, is there uh they had some beef, right? They had run-ins with the Vikings or no? So they had with, um, with like Germanic peoples, but like they weren't really Vikings yet. Cause like Vikings isn't, isn't actually oh, okay. like a, the people it was, uh, it was an activity. So like they went Viking. So like the people from Scandinavia and like they clawed like the, like the Roman or the, the Viking age is like 793 to 1066. So like 
that that was kind of like the end of the the Roman Empire. Like they had kind of already stopped being like a superpower at that time. But like they definitely uh, ran into people who shared like the mythology and the culture as the Scandinavians, like the Germanic people, um, like and they called them barbarians. Okay. Um, and, and but they worship. Your thing's but, called Yamsborg. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yamsborg, like with a J. Is that like um? Is that German or no? Because uh, so that there was a place in Germany with that name, but I don't know if it's related to what you're into. Uh, I don't know exactly. It's definitely Scandinavian. Um, and like the guys who started it were from England, but like it literally. So like there is a uh, a famous group of Vikings, right? That they wrote like a saga about called the Yams Vikings, uh-huh. and they were like a, they were like a mercenary army. Right. And they were all like these like badass warriors Um, and they would like go to different places and get hired. Right. They're a mercenary army Um, and their fortress was called Yamsborg. So it it literally meant like the fortress of the Yams. Um, And that was like the the what they took inspiration from. So they called our group the Yamsborg Yamsborg army Um, and and or the army of Yamsborg rather. But like it's like a an international group. So like and like Sarah and I like in 2020, like, you know, without traveling and she's you know, she's pregnant. So like she hasn't been traveling for wrestling. Like we started a YouTube channel and like we've done a couple episodes about the Viking stuff and about Yamsborg and about, um, you know, we, we did the Viking wedding and stuff like that, but we do, you know, we, we look at, at hunting, at farming, at, you know, kind of the stuff we do when we're not wrestling, um, and, and try to do, you know, the stuff on YouTube for it. So like, if people want to look that up, it's, it's Roseborg TV. So we took that like Borg B O R G is like fortress. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, we call our, we call our farm, our farm Roseborg. Cause like my, our last name is Roe and like, it's like the fortress of the Rose. So that's our, what, that's our what, what thing. nationality are you? Uh, we're, a, I'm a mutt. Um, a you know, I'm, yeah, I'm a, I like there's Welsh and English and, um, you know, Germanic, uh, like just, we're, or we're just, we're just a mutt. Like, so I don't, you got I don't that have, sort of blood in you already kind of, right? Uh, yeah, a little bit, but like we do it just because we're we like we like yeah. it, not like a you know, oh, this is my my people or my ancestry yeah, yeah, or yeah. whatever. You know what I mean? Like I just think I think the the time period is cool. I think the the culture and that warrior mentality is cool, and like um, it's just something that like we kind of stumbled into and uh, and really really like. So that's really cool. I got a friend, uh, Joe Hardcore, that does it. This is Hardcore Fest. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He does sort of something like this, but it's like knights and medieval stuff. So he probably does like the SCA. Yeah, I think um, that's it. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. So I've got I've got really good friends that do that do the SCA as well. Um, and like what we do is 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 similar to that, but like um, you know, just different combat systems, different you know armor requirements, different um, just different. It, it it they're kind of like cousins. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Uh, I, my thing is just a little bit different. So, like, he actually where, had like demonstrations uh, out back during this is hardcore. No the, shit, that's yeah, the awesome. Guys, the guys showed up, you know, big big names in the SCA, I guess. And and if you wanted, they dress you up and you could go in there with them to show you some stuff. And oh, that's you know, cool. Yeah, and, that's really cool. Yeah. We um we've we've gone out like uh, I know that like some uh there's some like metal bands uh like Amon Marth uh has like Yamsworth guys that like go on stage and are like in their videos with them um and there's a band from germany called leaves eyes 
uh, that have like, you know, members of Yamsborg in, in their, in the band. And like, they'll have stuff on their, on their videos or like sometimes like a Monomarth when they go on tour, will have like the Vikings come out on stage with them and stuff like that. So it's, uh, really it's kind of a cool, shit. yeah, dude, it's crazy. And then like, there's just so many like rabbit holes that you can go down where it's like, Oh man, like these guys are really into Vikings or they're really into metal. And they also like pro wrestling. And then like, you know, like where all these worlds kind of connect, it's just, uh, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. Now let's be honest though. Yamsborg would destroy the SCA, you know, (laughs) come on, put it out there. So, so Yamsborg, uh, I think has the, like, they are the, the best, at live at like steel combat um so from like there's a lot of other living history groups and there's a lot of other um groups that like do the same style of like viking combat that yamsborg does um and like we're we're the largest and like probably the best trained so like we take we we focus on the the combat aspect and like we're like known for being like the fucking best combat guys uh but like sca's combat is totally different and there's a lot of guys in yamsborg that also do sca mm. um it's just a, it's just a completely different animal but like if i i think uh it's so uh, yeah it's it, it's it's just completely different but sca outnumbers us probably 50 to 1 like oh is so, it that big oh yeah they're because they're all over the country Mm. they're they're like every major city has sca stuff in it like just in just in cleveland there's probably two to three hundred sca guys whereas in cleveland there's like 30 uh vikings so like so like one-on-one we might we might be able to do some damage like if we if we lined up their army versus our army man we're outnumbered like 50 to 50 to 60 to one like yeah. i mean i'll take those odds i've I've fought with worse odds before but like you know it is what it is we we did ultimately get smashed but uh i didn't realize it was that big wow oh dude it's it's massive like so the so the the just for for scale like the um we went to denmark and we fought in like one of the biggest viking events and there was like 600 fighters on the field right so it's like 300 versus 300 every year there's a there's a it's in pennsylvania actually uh is like the biggest sca event it's called the penzik war if you ask joe joe hardcore i heard that name it, i heard that so name. so I, I guarantee joe hardcore knows about it goes to it whatever yeah. like uh so the penzik war is in pennsylvania and those battles are like 2000 people versus 2000 people holy shit. or like or maybe maybe it's less than that maybe it's a thousand versus a thousand but it's it's it's, that is crazy, it's massive yeah, it's it's crazy. massive because the sca is just it's so much more well established in this country uh so there's there's just hundreds of more people that do that than do this the thing that we do um so like we might have an event and there's 150 people there they'll have an event and there's 1500 people there you know what i mean yeah. so it's just uh it's just a much larger organization hmm interesting stuff man i never knew that shit now you're gonna, <laughs> what, what, you, you mentioned you're having a a baby soon will you go with a viking name no we uh we, I, his name his name is raymond cash row uh and we'll like so my grandpa was richard raymond my dad was raymond i'm raymond uh so we definitely wanted to carry on that name uh it's a it's a strong family name so his his name is raymond but uh we're gonna call him cash and uh you know we got we named him after Johnny Cash. So, perfect, perfect. 
Well, listen, man, I appreciate this. I'm going to let you go, but I want to see if you could do me a favor. I ask a lot of people at the end a couple questions. Sure. You're a WWE guy. So on the uh, Mount Rushmore of, of professional wrestlers, who would you throw up there? Well, that's a hard question. It is, um, it is tough. I would put up... You got to put up uh, probably Ric Flair. Classic. Uh, I would put up um, Antonio Inoki from Japan. Oh, Uh, that that real big guy with like the flat face? uh, So probably he um he he like uh like spearheaded new japan pro wrestling and kind of like started modern japanese wrestling okay. uh and and that's had such a such a influence on wrestling throughout the whole i think he has to go up there there's there's so many guys like just just picking like four people like there's so many it's guys hard, that get passed over yeah. but um uh i would also put um Man, I, I think I'm trying to narrow it down. Nar- trying to narrow it down. I think um, Shawn Michaels goes up there. Oh, okay. Um, and somebody from the modern modern era I might get might get people mad at me for this, but I'm going to say AJ Styles goes up there. I think, I think AJ Styles is the, is the, the best wrestler of the modern era. I think, you know, so I think somebody from like classic, somebody, you know, I tried to kind of bridge, bridge some, some eras yeah. and some genres, but uh, man, only four names is almost impossible. I'm sure people are going to get mad at me for that, for those picks, but it is what it is. Yeah, those are, those no are my fours. Yeah, those are my fours. Yeah. Now check this out. And as a hardcore dude, the Mount uh, Rushmore of hardcore bands. Uh, Another one that's very difficult for almost everybody we bring. Yeah, you, you're trying to get me, man. People are gonna be mad at me on. on ah, everybody's got all that stuff. Yeah, got so it. I think uh, I think you have to go with uh, Agnostic Front. Mm. Uh, has to be there. Yeah. Um, I think I think Madball has to be up there. Yeah, very popular answer. Uh, I think I'm gonna go with uh, with Terror as well, um, just because I think I I think they have like for me like they are kind of there yeah. and and being a Cleveland guy, I'm gonna say Ringworm. Beautiful. I think I, I think I think Ringworm's there for more for the influence of other bands. Like I think if you read the the album notes of most people. You're the two most most influential bands you're going to read about are Agnostic Front and, and Ringworm. Yeah, I think I think they kind of they kind of bookend it. And Man, Terror's been around and they've done everything for everyone. And Madball's just consistently dope. Mad, really dude, Madball's the hardest. Madball's the hardest. Then they have been for forever. Like their first album is just as hard, just as good as their most recent albums. Yeah. Like, yeah, dude. I, when people say, what's your favorite Madball? I, I always say whatever one I'm listening to at the time. It's just, yeah. Like, how can you, I seem to always close, like, your, yeah, close your eyes and close your eyes and pick one. And it's, yeah. it's just as good. And you know what? Even though, even though I said that was it, I'm going to ask you one more thing because All right. I got a great friend from Cleveland, very okay. controversial figure, Chubby Fresh. <laughs> Do you know Chubby Fresh? Well, or no. 
by handshake only. Oh, okay. um, all right, all right. He's, so, he's a controversial guy, so I didn't know. It's super it. controversial, and like I think that's kind of the Cleveland way. Like you know, because yeah, he's, he's, he's real. A lot of trolls in Cleveland, like right? These yeah, guys, a lot of a lot of people. So and it, some people call them trolls. Everyone else is, you know, they're uh, they're hecklers. Yeah. So like Cleveland, Cleveland's real good, real good at heckling people and like just getting under their skin because like, and that's probably how the violence starts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. people say something, someone gets their feelings hurt, and then people are, you know throwing punches or whatever but yeah super super controversial but like i got friends of friends that are friends with them but i i never really you know uh dealt with him very much directly you know uh, a couple times i met him but nothing okay okay nothing that i could i could weigh in on yeah good friend of mine i just didn't know if you knew him since you're from that city the great city yeah. of cleveland All <laughs> right. yo raymond i appreciate it man and uh we'll get this up in uh probably well, I'll send you all the info as it comes up. There's some in the pocket we're going to throw up, and then this one's going to be up. But this is a really cool one. It's a little different from what we usually do. And uh, the insight, very cool. I'm going to look up, you know, into a lot of this stuff, man. Awesome, man. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks for anything, having me on. Anything you want to fun say? Talking uh, to any, any links you want to throw up? Uh, yeah, just the, the biggest thing is, um, you know, if you want to find me uh, or, you know, my uh my wife on on instagram or youtube um we were really having a lot of fun doing all the youtube stuff and it's roseborg tv uh we've got an instagram page we've got a we've got a youtube channel um it's just it's it, man there's a lot of cool stuff for everything no matter what you're into like we we were, we're trying to get some videos up to kind of cover a lot of stuff awesome all right man that was that's raymond Rowe of the viking raiders eric wwe and uh yo we appreciate it, man i'll talk to you soon and uh good luck with everything you got coming up and congrats on the baby and all that all right man thank you very much all right buddy take it easy bye thanks a lot for listening we really appreciate it post america podcast will always be there for you don't forget that tune in next time for more fun with the boys until then, get your fucking ass out of here before I give you a smack, motherfucker! Who the fuck you think you in? This is post-America! You ain't shit, motherfucker! <laughs>